Hi, this is Bobby Ryan of the Detroit Red Wings, and you are listening to Empty Betters with Nick, Mack, and Harrison. Good morning, everybody, and welcome back to episode 75 of Empty Betters. I'm your host, Harrison Schultz, and I'm going to toss it across the screen to my co-host, Nick Manella. You get Tanner every time you come on camera. What's going on? Yeah, baby. Summertime. It's coming. I can feel it. You know. You actually get outside? Yeah, I have been. And oh, the days that you. I can't, I just, you know, roll around in some olive oil and do a little medium rare on the you know, on the stove. So Is that what Italians do on Mother's Day weekend? Yeah, yeah. It just it's <laughs> like, you know, instead of like sweating, it's just olive oil that comes off my body. So Jesus Christ. You looked like you had a very nice spread for Mother's Day out there. You guys always have nice food. Yeah. yeah. Uh gotta love the the foodies in my house. They do it upright. So yeah, we had a nice little spread. Uh, you know, gotta celebrate gotta celebrate the moms. We definitely appreciate the moms on this podcast and Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And I'm going to toss across the screen to my other co-host, Mac Vogel. How are we doing, buddy? Doing well. Yeah. Can't complain. Doing doing as good as ever. Um, getting adjusted, readjusted to the mid, Midwest lifestyle. May or may not have gotten some margaritas at like noon today. <laughs> but, um, you know, it happens. Hey, Mac, Taco, Taco Mac, Tuesday. This exactly. is like a this is like a Midwest question. How many times a day do you hear someone in Milwaukee say Ope? Oh my God. I was actually talking about this with my girlfriend just the other day about like how often we say Ope because it, I, I don't, I, I assume I never said it before, but I, I find myself saying it all the time. Like not Ope. just now, but like through college and everything. Yeah. Like if you're like, let's say you're walking through like a Walgreens or something and you're like walking down the aisle and you like reach for something. And then like you realize you're like about to bump into somebody or something. And you're like, Oh, like it's literally, Oh, oh sorry. Yeah. O P E. Oh, yeah. sorry. Or, Oh, oh yo, you good. Or like yeah. you open a door and they're coming out. Oh, go ahead. Actually. I think you're right. Cause some of the, some of my coworkers, um, at my real job, that's not this surprisingly, I know shock at all of you. Uh, <laughs> you know, Wisconsin, same kind of thing. Yeah. Like the, Oh, our waitress actually for Mother's Day uh, lunch was from Chicago. Doubles, dub bears had a whole bunch of that good stuff. Oh yeah, uh, I feel like Chicago kind of ties into Wisconsin as far as like the the yeah, pronunciation no, of things, you know. Chicago to Milwaukee is very comparable to like Baltimore to DC. It's like a quick like okay. hour up. Yeah, that's it. Okay, gotcha. Uh, we got jam packed episode. Lots to talk about, um, you know, just no drama in the NHL whatsoever in the past week. Uh, you know, pretty, pretty silent. Just kidding. Obviously, um, Yikes. get into, get into all that. <laughs> yeah. We'll get into all that shortly. A couple things before we start, just want to say um, we are going to be bumping up to recording twice a week for at least the first two rounds of the playoffs uh, just to, you know, up the intensity a little bit. Last year, or the, even the year before, I can't remember how long we've been doing this. I know during playoff time, it's really hard to do once a week. There's way too much to cover. I feel like you miss a ton of the action. So we are actually going to be bumping twice a week uh, starting this week. So you'll be hearing our playoff previews on Friday morning as we record bright and early. Should be fun. 
and we're going to continue that for at least the first two rounds. We'll see where we get once the, uh, the final four are here and we'll, we'll see how much action is at play, but at least for the first two rounds, we're going to be twice a week. So hopefully you guys are looking forward to that. I know we are, it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, and I just want to mention the EB roller hockey team last week, same night that was fight night at Madison square garden, got their first dub of the season. I believe it was 11 or 10 to four. Can't remember. I still haven't scored. Uh, I had three apples that game, I believe. Marilyn Mortgage was burying one of them. So shout out to Dave. Thank you. And uh, started my men's league up again. First first time on ice in like two years. Got the skate sharpened right before. Uh, it was a slaughter. We absolutely murdered them, which was nice because I've never been on a men's league team that's won a game, I don't think. <laughs> um, so... Two goals in it, or not? Uh, yeah, two goals and an assist in the first period. Pretty happy about that. Not a big deal. Um, I have a. Uh, if you're done, I have a quick update on my my men's league as well. Go. I um yeah. So I I muffed up the date of the the first game. The first one was actually this past weekend. So I just played on Sunday. Um, I walk into the rink. We've been called Team Pinnacle for all I've known, but like also I haven't played here in a year. Uh, and so I go up to the lady at the like front desk of the rink and I'm like, yeah, like team pinnacle. I don't know what locker room. Cause usually they just tell you and yeah. then you have to like sign your name or whatever. And, uh, she's like team pinnacle. Are you sure it could be called anything else? And I was like, Oh geez, I, I don't know. Uh, she's like, do you know who you're playing? And I knew we were playing against Milwaukee tool. It's like, you know, the tool company. <laughs> yeah, that's they good. Sponsor, they sponsor a team in the league. Um, and so she's like, oh, yeah, I have uh, Team Camino playing against um, Milwaukee Tool at, at 545. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, that's the slot. I guess that's what they're calling it now. And she asked for my name, and I'm on the Team Camino list. So I'm like, all right, well, I guess that's it. So I go down. Apparently, there's some bar called, like, Bar Camino that's now sponsoring our team. So That's sick. We're now – we have we wear, like, a gray jersey with a – it's, like, a yellow, like, caution sign on it, but it says Camino instead of caution. Yeah. Um, they're, they're, they're decent, decent threads. Right. Better that's than the cool. before. I mean, before, we literally just had an orange jersey with nothing on it. It was literally just an yeah. orange jersey with nothing on it at all and tape numbers on the back. So – uh yeah we got killed eight to three um uh, but it was okay the, the problem was everybody gets a bye week in this league and our bye week was the first week so everybody's already played a game uh, and we uh, all get out there and we're like oh boy it's gonna be a long one nobody's yeah. played a long ass time and yeah it was kind of a long one there was also only 10 skaters for us and they had like 15 or some shit like that but oh that's brutal I was yeah. pleasantly surprised with like my skills holding up, holding up. I was like shooting and passing pretty well most of the game, but my Crease stamina. Monkey? Oh yeah, always. Yeah. Okay, but good. my stamina was just trash. Like I, I went up and down the ice once, and then the puck goes back, and I'm like, no, nope. I can't, <laughs> I can't go back there. Spotted cows. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's really interesting. Last thing before we get to the uh, to the news, so. I told you guys when after my first roller game, you play on like this like coated poxy like tennis court and it's right. really slippery. So the second roller game, I got used to it. I was feeling myself. I was doing doing some good stuff. But when I sw switch back to ice in my brain, you know, on wheels, you can't stop. So one of the things they teach you to stop on wheels is you you almost like do a, a hard like a really hard turn to try to like almost friction the wheels to stop. 
So I tried doing that on my skates, like on ice in warmups. I was like, okay, I am, a, I can dig in. I can like, you know, cut up, carve up some ice here. Like it's not going to be a big deal. And my brain is just like all over the place readjusting. It's, it's kind of annoying, but um, I digress. Uh, Did you just we... like completely eat it or? Surprisingly, no. Okay. Um, I still find myself using my shoulders to like stop myself on wheels to get onto the bench because I can't fully, fully stop. But one day we'll get there. Um, I've been watching. Do you, do you guys watch Nasher on YouTube? Every now and then. His roller hockey stuff is like addicting. I am mm-hmm. all over it. He does like the GoPro footage and shit. Yeah. I'm a big fan. Um, but I digress. That's enough about me and my hockey experience over the past week. I'm sure you'll get plenty of that over the summer. Uh, We're going to move into the league news, but before we do, we want to let you know that this episode is sponsored by Brackish Life. Let's take a minute to talk about Brackish Life. If you're like us and grew up on the water and outdoors, then Brackish Life is perfect for you. They have a wide selection of gear from UV shirts to hoodies and hats. It's Real Bay Apparel made by Real Bay people. Head to www.brackish.life today to check them out. A little salty, a little fresh, Brackish Life. Brackish Life has also teamed up with Rink to Reef Chesapeake Bay to preserve the area many of us call home. Rink to Reef repurposes broken hockey sticks into oyster restoration habitats. Brackish Life donates a portion of their proceeds to Rink to Reef to further preserve the beautiful Chesapeake Bay area. Support this great cause by checking out www.brackish.life today. Nick, I'm going to hand you the keys to drive the bus for the extremely dull league news since last episode. Let me tell you a story. It's called Tom Wilson and the Broadway Blue Shirts. <laughs> On Monday, Tom Wilson was involved in an incident with Pavel Bujanevich and Artemi Panarin. We're just going to do the whole timeline here. That way everyone's caught up because I feel like I'm just it's like you know the beginning of jersey shore where they recap what happened on the last episode see the whole thing then we'll talk about it yeah Yeah. so we all know the incident we talked about it last week then the internet goes nuts the rangers released a statement condemning his actions criticizing george peros people are saying that the attorney general should get involved and you know everyone's just losing their mind they're saying this guy should never be allowed to play hockey again and whatever we move into tuesday Wilson was not suspended by the league, but instead fined $5,000, something that I think we were all a little bit surprised by. Internet goes nuts again. People are like, this is ridiculous. You know, how is this, you know, not, you know, a 8 billion game suspension. <laughs> They're just losing their minds. On Wednesday, the Rangers fire president, John Davidson and GM Jeff Gorton, the Caps and Rangers play that night, wasting no time settling that issue with three fights immediately off the opening face-off, which I believe I said was going to happen. So uh, kudos to me. Three more fights would follow during the game, and the Rangers and Caps combined for 72 penalty minutes in the first four minutes of the game. The Caps oh, go on to win 4-2. to two. On Thursday, the Rangers are fined $250,000 for their comments on the DOPS, which Harrison said that the Rangers were going to get fined more than the Caps in this, and it turns out they were by a lot. Uh, And then Pavel Buchnevich gets suspended for one game for cross-checking Anthony Mantha directly in the mouth. Uh, That's 
what's happened since then, we were all sort of curious what that reaction and that game was going to be like. What did you guys think of the response that we saw? Well, uh, kudos to both of you guys for for calling different aspects of that whole unfolding. Um, you know, it was a crazy, what, 72 hours, basically. Um, <laughs> my dad said it best. He was talking to me. He was like, Jesus, I, I told that he was like, I told my boss when I was like writing up my like report on all of it that I could have written a 300 page book on the last 72 hours. Like no problem. Like literally I can write you a book like right now on all the crazy shit that's happened in the last 72 hours, which is probably true and probably be a pretty interesting book, honestly, yeah. but especially you throw in what happened with the Oshie and all that afterwards as well. Um, there was just a lot of storylines going on for the caps during that time period, but I don't know. It was a fun game. I was, um, I happened to be in Chicago for it. Uh, my, my grandpa, my grandpa and my uncle live in Chicago and, uh, my uncle's a mechanic. I was having him fix up my car. I had like a check engine light on. Nick um, knows about that. Yeah. I was going to say, oh, is he yeah. good with Jags? <laughs> <laughs> if you want to bring it all the way up to Chicago, maybe, but, uh, yeah, so he, he fixed up my car and then I met my uncle and my grandpa for dinner at a sports bar. And obviously this was on Cinco de Mayo. So this was the, that big fight game and everything. Um, and this is my dad's side of the family. So this is my dad's father that we're talking about. And of course he's a diehard caps fan as well. Um, and so leading up to the game, he and I were just talking all about it. We're like, what do you think is going to happen? And he said it too. He was like, I think they're just going to settle the score right away. Yeah. Uh, so we made sure to get to the sports bar in plenty of time. We saw the opening face off, watched it all unfold at the bar and there are people who don't really know that much about hockey pointing at the screen being like, is this live? What's happening right now? Like nobody yeah. knew what the hell was going on, but it was entertaining. Um, at a certain point, even me and my grandpa were like, all right, can we just, can they play the game now? Like we're ready to see some hockey, but um, you know, it's something you don't see every day and yeah, it was entertaining. I'm glad they, they had to settle it like men, you know, uh, a fellow pro, uh, fellow friend of the program who I won't mention his name, but if you've listened, you know, he's the Rangers fan around here, had had some choice words about all that went down. Um, you know, as as the unbiased guy here, because I hate both teams, it's kind of hard for me to advocate that the Rangers really like won anything here because they got fined a shit ton of money. They went up in a dumpster fire the only thing that i will say that came out of all of this that was surprisingly like good i guess you could say is uh is it ryan or dylan strom i'm blanking ryan strom he can fucking chuck him now granted i know eller is not a fighter but i don't think strom is but neither of them are yeah yeah he's a tough kid he can throw him he can chuck him i mean he, he had a really good fight uh, props to Brendan Smith for being the guy who went after Wilson. I mean, that's obviously not an easy task. In you know you're going to lose that. Fight. Who else was it going to yeah. be, though? I mean, exactly. They don't really have anybody. Um, but props to him for having the balls to do it. Because yeah, <laughs> holy it, shit, it sucks man. to fight Wilson, and then it really sucks to fight Wilson given the headlines and the drama building up to this. The one thing I'll give Mark, and I'll this might be a little biased, is. I do find it convenient that Wilson leaves the game with a injury and then he plays the next game against Philly. 
I don't know. I kind there was of, no injury. I can I can yeah. say with almost ninety nine percent confidence there was no injury. I guarantee you, Laviolette of all people probably yeah. literally was just like he's not going back in there because yeah. we're not having this be a fucking like he probably knew right. that if, if any time Wilson was on the ice, they're probably just gonna literally try to fight him and get him off the ice. Like so, yeah. I think at a certain point, Laviolette was like, "Look, these points fucking matter to my team, and I'm not ha- good. You had your fight, whatever you got out of the way, but we're done with that." Wilson, you're done for the game, which probably like we you know, we speculated whether he was just going to scratch him for the game to start. That's where I was going which, with Which it, I yeah. kind of respect the fact that they didn't at least allow right. him the chance to kind of defend himself, get out there, have a fight, whatever. It makes sense that, that they pulled him out. I mean, you know. So I don't blame him, no. I just. Move or whatever, but I, I really think it's just like a team move at that point. Like we needed to win that hockey game. And we did, and maybe we don't if they leave Wilson in and the antics continue. Right. Yeah, I, I don't blame him at all. And I exactly what you just said. If you don't take him out, maybe the Caps get sucked into a game they don't really want to play because they're not focused. And whatever. We just, more yeah. guys get injured before the playoffs, whatever. It was just – it was a, definitely a precautionary move to just be like, yeah, he's injured. Let's get him out of here. Right. Exactly. So I have, I have no problem with that. Um, I I think it's good that they let him play because I do think that the Rangers deserve to get as many punches as they could, which was not a lot, but I guess some. Yeah. Um, I think all in all, just that, that Ryan Strom fight is probably the only one that they won, but no, Brennan Smith didn't win. I mean, at least he, at least he maybe got like one or two licks in, but for the most part, it went exactly as we all thought. I, just a, a f- wild 72 hours. Wild. That Hathaway fight was, oh yeah. my that god, that was a good one. My yeah. god, I don't even remember who he was, who he had, but I don't he- either. I think the thing that's also funny when you look at this is before this, before the game where like the original incident itself happened, the Rangers were still technically alive. They had dropped a bunch of games to the Islanders that basically put them with their backs against the wall, and then this. Like talk about a way to just end the season where you're like, we're right on the edge. We could, you know, we need some help, but we could make the playoffs. And then something like this happens. And in the span of, like we said, 72 hours, one of your best players gets suspended. Your other one shut down for the rest of the season. Your GM and president are fired and you're not making the playoffs. It's yeah, kind yeah. of a, like, <laughs> just like you a, make a good point. Yeah. A drop That's... off to end the year. It's just not good. Well, I don't but, even think we mentioned that uh, Chris Drury is now the GM, by the way. So right. And by that. the way, I think there was like a little bit of an under the table deal there. I think because right. Drury had apparently been offered that same position with like five other Pittsburgh teams, was one of them too. And he had turned it down. So I think they told him, hey, whatever happens at the end of this year, yeah. you're going to be the GM. And so, then they just sort of used this as the excuse. Where it's like, okay, it. we can, we can fire these guys now after this happens. So before we get to Oshi, I am curious. I want to unpack that thought a little bit more than you just did. You know, we see these two guys get fired. They, the Rangers say it's unrelated. What what is the exact correlation between these two events? Was it completely the the team wanting to make like who who is the one that made the the statement then? If, if it were those two that that said that it wasn't them and they wanted to distance themselves, uh, from you the would statement. think like a room of PR people and people on the team. I sort of see this as like you know how after the caps win the Stanley cup, they don't bring back the coach that won them the Stanley cup because they yeah. already told Todd Reardon that he was going to take over. 
Yeah. I sort of see this as a similar situation there. Like they had probably already told Drury you're, you're getting this thing next year. You know, I think that, I think it just gave him a good excuse to kind of get it done and over with. I do think there is a little correlation. I don't think the reason they got fired was because of the statement. I think the reason they got fired before the season ended is because of the statement. Does that make sense? Yeah, like they could have waited until like July to do it. But I think with uh, maybe some big potential free agents on the market. Yeah. You want to know a fun fact? Uh, Mr. Chris Drury and Mr. Jack Eichel have the same agent. Well, and Chris Drury has spent plenty of time in Buffalo, as we all know, too. So, I mean, there's a little bit of a connection there as well. Yeah, there's definitely some ties. But um, Do you guys think uh, they keep their coach? Quinn? Yeah. I think they should. I think he's a good coach. I don't – I don't. the Rangers had a really weird season. Season. I think they should, but, hey, Tortorella and Tockett on the market. Just there is There is a lot of – Bring Torts back to New York. Yo, I – Really interesting. It's funny. I had a buddy that was texting me. He was like, why why does David Quinn remind me of, like, the spawn of, like, Satan or something? Like, you just, like, they pan (laughs) over to him on the bench, and he just kind of looks like he's, like, not a human being. He could be, like, a good Bond villain, I feel like. No, that man looks like a villain for sure. He kind of – I feel like he could be, like, the Green Goblin and, like – Oh, yeah. This is getting so far off the rails, but the best (laughs) best villain-looking coach of all time, Guy Boucher. Yes, Ooh, okay. yeah. I agree. He had right. like the giant like scar, scar in his yeah. cheek. Yeah, kind of looks like the dude they from Casino Royale too. And he specifically, yeah. the very first day he was like their coach, he specifically was like, "Listen, you see this? We're not talking about it ever. So that's it." Like, like yeah, he like, like anyone got any questions? Everyone's hand goes up. He's like, "Not about the thing on my face." <laughs> yeah. and they all put their hands yeah, exactly. down. Exactly. Mayonnaise yeah. is not an instrument. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, yeah, to take it off the rails. I think we do need to mention that uh, props to TJ Oshie for, yes. for scoring it. Probably the best headline to come out of all that, but you'll never hear about it, of course, is uh, Oshie netted a hat trick uh, day after losing his dad in that contest. Just a, a real emotional response from him. His post-game interview was, was really good. Uh, I love watching Backstrom kind of give him the tap on the back of the back of the shoulder after the game is over, so. Um, good for Oshi. We were, it was we were... awesome just seeing seeing him get that empty netter to finish off the hat trick and seeing the team just like you know it wasn't it wasn't your your typical celebration after an empty net goal. The team really went in there and and made sure everybody got a little knock on his head and everything. Yeah. And the camera they panned over to him on the bench and you know he was having a little bit of a hard time there, which is understandable. But yeah, mm-hmm. really really great to see that you really felt like you know his dad had had a presence in that game and and was guiding the caps through that one so it's good to see hopefully he can uh got us a little further into uh this summer but (laughs) yep well said uh i yeah to echo what you said it was great seeing the reactions of his teammates and everything and the the statements that like they've released since then and that he's released shows you how much that how close that locker room is so and another um, another real quick cool thing I'll add. I mentioned I was with my grandpa for that game, um, and you know we talked about all the Rangers drama, but we also talked about the whole TJ Oshie thing. And uh, my grandpa's had the awesome privilege of being able to join the Caps for their last, I think their last three, maybe even their last four mentors trips, um, where all the players get to bring their dads on like this one specified road trip. 
um, for usually like three games. Um, the caps extend that to, you know, everybody that travels with them. So my dad gets to bring his dad on the mentors trip as well. And so, mm-hmm. you know, for those games, my grandpa is, sitting in a big suite with all of the caps dads watching those games. So he actually gets to know a lot of the caps dads through that experience. And he said he has a, a fond memory of Oshi's dad, you know, just being the life of the party. And especially he said, every time they went to, uh, I think on one of those trips, they were out there in Minnesota or something like that. And uh, he said, just everybody at the rink was like, everybody knew him everybody you know knew who he was wanted to say hi wanted to talk to him and everything so like just as um, cool as one of the players exactly yeah like he was just a celebrity out there so um that was just a cool little tidbit that i got from my grandpa Yeah, yeah absolutely uh connor mcdavid we kept speculating if joke. he was going to hit this 100 point mark and he did with three games to spare. So it took him 53 games to get to hundred points. So just let that sink in for a second. He's only the fifth fastest player to get to hundred points since the 1990 season. Only Yager Lemieux and Gretzky have done it faster. So it's pretty good company. And in his last 12 games, he had 33 points. Is that good? I, That's- I think this guy is very good at hockey. <laughs> it's a joke. You know it's what not I think? Real. You know what I think happened is he was like at the beginning of the season, everyone's sort of saying is like because Nathan Nathan McKinnon had that monster playoff run. It's like is McKinnon as good as McDavid? And McDavid's like, okay, I'll try it now. Yeah, you know, it, dude, it, I have won money the past month betting two point props on this guy. Every night you can book it, especially at home. It is the it's it's literally a dividend check, except instead of like four times a year, it's every week. So it's the I, headman to get a point prop bet. Yeah, of this season. Yeah, you're missing out. I mean, it, two points is a lot. It's always in the minus. You're probably like I, it was like minus one sixty seven um, when they won in overtime the other night. It hit. I mean, it's automatic. It, How it, many oh. units have you been putting on this shit? <laughs> uh i mean at first like i know you've gone two, heavy on it i have i've won good money the past month it's making up for my stock market loss that's so, exciting um that's okay but 33 points in his last 12 games that's dude that's like almost three points per game that's out of this world another fun fact since the 2000 season so basically the turn of uh the century this is the highest points per game season that a player's had I think Lemieux was the second in like 01 or something like that. But uh, we are we are literally witnessing like potentially an alien on skates. I don't really know what is going on here, but uh, he's a freak. And he's so fun to watch. And Edmonton's going to be a really tough out just because of him. He's hands down the most skilled hockey player I have ever seen. Yeah. Yeah, um, but their goalie sucks. So whatever. <laughs> it's – I think I read – actually, I'll, I'll try and find it while uh, – you guys go on to the next couple topics, but if I find this, I'll let you know. Okay. Uh, speaking of other point-related milestones, Anze Kopitar got his 1,000th point, which we said last episode was going to happen pretty much almost immediately, which it did. Uh, Harry, you've got it. Go ahead. Yeah, I found it. McDavid and Dreisaitl, this was as of two days ago, May 9th. McDavid and Dreisaitl this season have combined for 179 points. All of the other forwards... So that's 10 other players for the Edmonton Oilers have only combined for 167. So McDavid and Dreisaitl have 11 more points than the rest of the forward core combined. 
That And Mac, I know what you're going to say because you've said it earlier this season. That's why they won't go deep in the playoffs. And I'll agree with you, but I, I, I don't know. I think they'll beat Winnipeg. I, I really do. It's well, not it, a recipe for long-term success. Exactly, it's sort of right. like when the Caps were like first getting hot and it was Ovi and Backstrom ripping it up and Alex Semin ripping it up. But yeah. you also have to stop the puck from going in your own net. And you can't so. have like Jeff Schultz and yes. like <laughs> Tom Pody yeah. and yeah. guys like that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I mean, it, it's sick, but it, it, right. it's, not, it's not going to work. And it's exciting and it's entertaining, but it's like long-term. If the Edmonton Oilers win the Stanley Cup, no, 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 listen. If the Edmonton Oilers make it to the Stanley Cup this season, I will – I don't even know. I don't have something prepared for this one, but I will – Gonna get a 97 tattoo. You need to get a Mick Jesus with his face over like Jesus's face and him going like this or something, like on <laughs> on my ass cheek or something. I was gonna say, I was gonna say, like the the fans can like can choose something for me to wager a hundred dollars on, like any given sporting event or some shit like that. But yeah, whatever. I, I, the point is they're not making it there, so I agree. They're not. I, I don't know if it's confirmed they're drawing Winnipeg first round. I think it's all but confirmed, but there's still a couple games left. I mean, we have playoff previews Friday, so I won't get into it too much. But for one series, I think he can dominate enough to, to carry him. Yes. Uh, Phil Kessel, Harry, your boy, got his 900th point in the NHL. He also reached 900 consecutive games played in the same game. It's pretty cool. Peak male performance. Yeah, That's I didn't I realize he had had that long of a of a streak. He does. Another fun fact: that was the first time in NHL history because they played the Sharks that night, where two players um, played against each other that both had over a 900 consecutive game played streak. Marlowe has it at like 909. Yep. Castle has it at 900. So, wow. A uh, little cool. 1800 That's games combined, cool. not missing anything. It's a lot. Yeah. Uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins have clinched the number one seed in the Mass Mutual East Division. I think a lot of us are surprised by that, but I think the Caps fans listening to this podcast will be like, death taxes and another amazing second half to the season for the <laughs> Penguins, so who cares? Uh, Kenny Albert and Eddie Olchick are officially going to join the TNT broadcast group. As you remember, a part of Turner Sports, TNT and TBS will be covering a bunch of NHL action starting next season. Ray Ferraro and Brian Boucher confirmed joining the ESPN broadcast and rumored and assumed that Steve Levy, John Buchagross, Barry Melrose, and Linda Cohn will join the ESPN broadcast as well at some point. So what do you guys think about these personalities so far? And are there any that stick out to you as like really good, really bad? Are they missing anyone? What do you think? I think for the most part, that's a good sign hearing some of those bigger hockey names. Um, Eddie Olchuk is the one that jumps out to me as like, great. I love Eddie. I think Edzo does a great job as a broadcast guy. Um, Ray Ferraro, honestly, a lot of people criticize him. I think he's great. I I really like him. I think he's the best. I think he's the best between the the glass guy out there right there. Yeah, he's he's really good. Um, The only one in there, and and this one probably some people take exception to me criticizing, what I've heard recently from Melrose has been a little shaky in my opinion. Like I, I think he's hit or miss. Like sometimes he's talking and I'm like, oh, this is good. 
hockey info because obviously the guy's like a he's a tenured veteran of the sport like he knows his shit there's no question about that but like sometimes he gets to talking and i'm like do you know you're on tv right now like he, he like kind of yeah. like gets a little like i don't know i think he needs a little bit of work he's but... a little he's a little like if you have like a goofball and then a professional <laughs> spectrum yeah he's very far on the goofball side which is fine because Pierre like me- meshes the two and just fucks it all up. Right. Maybe if you um, pair him with the right with the right play-by-play guy, he could be okay. But, I feel yeah. like he was fine when he with was Bucci. on. Like when he's with Bucci, I think that's a good you know give and take. They have good rapport with each other. But I think that Melrose was good in like the '90s and early 2000s when right. the only people watching hockey on ABC and ESPN were hockey people. Yeah. So hearing super Canadian deep voice monotone barry melrose was it was fine it was good enough kind of cold too you know what i mean like he he's not like a warm like anything goes guy like if somebody like says something he doesn't like he's not gonna be afraid to like disagree with it which is right and he's not like he's not like grouchy old man like milberry but he's not you know Uh, but yeah, for, it's just yeah, I don't know if it's like the ideal thing for like growing the game. I don't know. I, that's the only like question mark in there that I see that I'm like, well, we'll see how this one. I'd goes. almost wonder if it would be Heads better up. better for him to not be on the broadcast itself, like have intermission report, intermission, pregame analyst, like insider analyst. If you want to do that, because I mean, the I, guy has yeah. he's covered the game for ESPN for I mean, we're well over twenty years now, so right. Uh, fun fact, I've said this before, I'll say it again. Uh, I'm pretty sure the Penguins win percentage automatically dips by like 500 points when Kenny Albert's announcing. So for get, him Peng- going. get him, get him <laughs> yeah. going. So for all you Penguins haters, I'm sure that's uh, good news for you. But uh, yeah, I think Ferraro's great. I think Boucher's Ferraro's great. The, yeah. Ferraro's awesome. I love Ferraro. And if, if they could add like one more good piece, like uh, like a Darren Pang, I think Penguins got good energy. We'll see what happens with Gary Thorne. I know that's been a big rumor going around. So uh, we'll see. Go get him. That's all I have to say about that. Uh, Mark Andre Fleury takes over third place all time on the wins list for goaltenders, now only trailing Patrick Waugh and Marty Brodeur. I don't know if he's going to catch them, but I mean, kudos to him. You know, the guy's been doing it for so long. So, uh, you know, great to see him continue to climb that list. And I mean, I don't know what it is about Quebec, but they've got spots one, two, and three on the, on the goaltending wins yeah. uh, list. Um and they'll also have the fourth spot once Zach Fucali gets up there as well. So let's go. I was going to plug um, that. Let's go. Is he starting tonight? Come on, give him <laughs> he a needs, start. He give should the, be. Give the people what they want. Why and they want Zach in that. If let's think about it, you never know if you're going to run into a situation if you make it deep in the playoffs where like suddenly you have to like even just have him as your backup. And isn't it better if he's had one NHL game than zero? Like yes. it, just just right. get it. This is literally the perfect opportunity to just start him because the game doesn't matter for shit. We're still in second place no matter what. And like, we're probably not even going to start most of our guys because half of them are fucking injured anyway, but yeah, that's a whole nother issue. I mean, you have the room to feel it out and to go with it. I think they should. I completely agree with you. So, or at least split it like do half and half. Yeah. Why not? Sure. Why not? Literally just give them like the second half of the game for funsies. They do that in preseason. So I don't don't really see. uh... This is as good as a fucking preseason game. The lineup is going to look like it is anyway. 
the uh, shit talking tonight is going to be incredible considering that these two teams already know they're facing each other, but we'll get to that in a little bit. One more thing. How many of the final games for each team? Like there was a lot of games where like, Oh, these teams are playing the last game of the year. And this is a playoff preview. Like yesterday, like there was bolts, uh, bolts Bolts and and cats. And then there was also canes and predators. Like, there's yeah. been a bunch of games where the, it's their final game of the year, and also they're about to play a whole. I I think Edmonton and Winnipeg is on Friday. That's what I'm saying. Like, yep. Literally, all these matchups just worked out so that the final game of the year is also a playoff preview. It's kind of kind of crazy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Zach Hyman has rejoined the Leafs and is practicing. Uh, he could potentially play tonight. Uh, by the time they- that we are recording this. I looked it up. They ruled him out for tonight, but he's very close, which okay. is uh, that's huge for them. They, they absolutely have to have to have him back. Yeah. Uh, Steven Stamko, speaking of a guy that you probably would want to have back in your lineup, says he expects to be ready to return along with Nikita Kucherov, who has not played all year. Keep that in mind. When the Lightning opened the Stanley Cup playoffs against the Florida Panthers, he the captain of the lightning Stamkos has been out since April 8th because of a lower body injury. Kucherov has not played at all because of hip surgery. Neither forward is expected to play in any of Tampa Bay's remaining games, which are done at this point. Uh, So we could potentially see them back for game one. Uh, No definite statement on that yet, but uh, I, I would think if you're the lightning based on how the last couple of games against the Panthers have gone, you'd probably want these guys back in your lineup. Yeah. I, I was going to, go into a, an analysis on that but you know what it, it's all saving for friday friday is going to be a really pro i would say even though we're recording at like seven fucking in the morning it's going to be an electric episode so uh stay tuned for that um yeah and exactly this is the first time ever that we're going to have a playoff series in the sunshine state we're going to have mm-hmm. the bolts and the cats and i i'm ready I to it. say this right now this is going to be the series that i'm looking forward to the most I'm excited for it. It's going to be really fun. There was a brawl in the game last night. These teams do not like each other. No. I don't want to see the Tampa Bay Lightning do anything good ever because I'm just sick of it. And honestly, I love this Florida team. Like, I think they're so fun to watch. Um, It's hard not to root for the Cats. It's really hard not to root for them, right? Yeah, they're yeah. just a fun team. They're that small market. They've never really done anything significant. I mean – um, you got, they went you to the be, cup finals once. You got to give them that. But yeah, I was also like negative two months old. So it's been <laughs> a little bit. Not saying I'm old, but right. You know, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah no, you, you have to root for the cats in this one, unless you're a diehard lightning fan, in which case we completely understand and support, you know, support your choice. But uh, I, um, I think we know a couple. I know we, I know a couple listening. So yeah, we know one or two. So, uh, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I, I think the best thing for the Florida Panthers would be knocking off the defending Stanley cup champion in the first round of the playoffs. Yeah, that would be pretty huge. And then they would probably draw Carolina or Nashville afterwards. And I think they could eat, I think they could beat one of those two teams too. So absolutely. Plus I get to yell Bobrovsky at the top of my lungs every time he makes a save. So speaking of a former team of his, the Blue Jackets, uh, John Tortorella is out as their coach after six seasons and no replacement has been named. The Blue Jackets finished the season 18, 26 and 12 and tied the Detroit Red Wings for last in the central division. I think we all knew that they were going to take a little bit of a dip this year. I don't think we knew how big it was going to be. And this was 
pretty big. Uh, they essentially gave up their best player for Patrick Laine, who has basically, in my opinion, continued to be the same thing he was in Winnipeg, which is a little bit underwhelming. So, uh, yeah, I think this is the right move for this team at this time. I think Torts will absolutely get another job, but yeah. I know. Oh, go ahead, Harry. No, I just want to get these two thoughts off my brain before I forget because I'm mush. Um, one, Seth Jones tweeted at the Blue Jackets after they said, like, thanks, Coach Bob, with the goat emoji, which I found kind of interesting because, you know, Torts is kind of hit or miss with players. Secondly, Line a says he doesn't plan on going anywhere other than here, which I also thought was interesting because it's Columbus. You know, they always get shit on for not being a free agent spot. So just wanted to say those two things. That Seth Jones thing, I did not know. That surprises me. I did see the line A thing, and, and I saw him say a quote that was like, I love it here. I don't want to go anywhere else. And I was like, really? That's shocking to me. I guess it really was just the coach thing. <laughs> Where um, you're, you're like, his head. <laughs> blink, blink twice if someone's got a gun to your head. Yeah, so. No, right, yeah. Um, but I would argue that, like, I know they weren't the worst team on paper this season, but I would argue that the Columbus Blue Jackets had the most unsuccessful season this season. Like, I, I really think that they had the, the worst season if you talk about what, like, they might have been able to do and what they didn't do. You know what I mean? Like, they sucked. Close like, second to them, the Dallas Philly. Stars. I was gonna yeah, say Philly's one for me. Yeah, uh, yeah, Philly's up there too. But Philly, know, Columbus, and Dallas—those three just yeah. really they hurt. All could have made the playoffs if yep. in like an alternate universe. If they, but but especially the like especially the Blue Jackets—they really like could have could have been like a good team, and then instead they just suck. Traded so, their best player. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Rick Tockett is also out as the Arizona Coyotes coach uh, after four seasons. And yeah, same thing. No replacement named uh, Arizona finished 24, 26 and six this season and failed to qualify for the playoffs out of the West division. So just, they had a mountain of problems to start the year anyways with, you know, the, the issues with their draft pick. And then there's issues with the ownership group and, it, it was just never going to be a winning recipe for this team that somehow made it into the qualifiers last year. So uh, I want this team to get it right. I, I really do. Yeah. It, it's like, you know, the cats, you just, you want them to do well. You, you root for these teams that have been in these markets that aren't exactly traditional hockey markets, for, you know, for a long time, but you look at what they're doing. We're starting now to see kids make the NHL out of these States like Austin Matthews, grew up going to coyotes games mm-hmm. and you know i you know i want that i you know we grew up uh during the ov effect i i want kids to grow up through that and you know learn the game and love the game that way so uh i don't they know need what, a guy they need the, they need a guy i don't know what they need i mean at this point it, it could be anything shy of you know relocating but i i would hate to see arizona lose that team because i do think i, I think they have a great mascot i think they've got a great you know team look with the you know, with the kachina jerseys and then the arizona peyote jersey but um yeah they, they need that like that that one-two punch or that that transcendent player that'll come to the franchise and help i just don't feel like they have that i mean you look at some other untraditional markets you got Sagan and Ben. They're a really good one-two punch. You got Huberto and Barkov. You got a great one-two punch. You got Carolina. They're just stacked head to toe, but they Forsberg got Forsberg and Arvidsson. Like, I mean, yeah. How would like, you like Evgeny Kuznetsov 
Yeah, well, that's for yes. another day. I will yes. give you Evgeny Kuznetsov for Nick Schmaltz. Done deal. Pack sure. it up. It's over. Sure. Yeah. I'm hate, down for that. I would hate yeah. that because Schmaltz would probably tear it up with you guys. But yeah. I bet, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so best wishes to the Yotes. Uh, watch Torts end up there. I just feel like that would be hysterical. Or give me give me Garland or Chikrin or something. Like, yeah. Give me something fun like that. Like I love that guy, Chikrin. He's good. Right. Tockett will be picked up immediately. I have no doubt about yeah. that. He'll, he'll go somewhere for sure. I mean, if you're these all these teams. Maybe the Jackets. Yeah, I was going to say, he, I feel like he'd be great in – new york too well there's uh, unfortunately this episode is going to come out tomorrow but i think tomorrow is the uh the main exit press conference yeah and they speculated that quinn's not going to be at it they don't know if that's because he has exit player meetings or what but um if you don't if you're a rangers fan you need to follow uh forever blue shirts on twitter it's they do an excellent excellent job of covering the rangers that's how i get all the scoops on what's going on with them and there's there's definitely some rumors swirling so we'll see yeah for sure. Uh, speaking of rumor swirling, Jack Eichel has made some interesting comments about his future with the Buffalo Sabres over this neck injury that he has. So he has stated that he's upset with the team regarding how to treat his neck issue and is, you know, as he should be frustrated with the season overall. There was speculation of this team potentially sneaking into the playoffs in an absolutely loaded East Division. So now that obviously didn't pan out, but. Uh, you know, they were definitely, they were on the radar. I mean, they had the roster for it. Eichel missed the last 33 games of the season, said he would like to have to go to, to have surgery. He wants to have this surgery and the Sabres apparently don't want him to have this surgery to rehab the thing that's going on with his neck. So there's like a big disconnect between he's like, I think the surgery will fix my problem. This team is like, no, you don't need it. Don't worry about it. You're fine. Whatever, you know, it's just the latest topic in the circus that is the Buffalo Sabres. But you would think with it being Jack Eichel, they would just give him whatever he wants to keep him happy to keep him there. So, you know, who knows what the hell is going to happen? I mean, I just pray that when this guy does leave Buffalo, he's not in the East anymore. So. All right, let's play a game. Where's Eichel play next season? Nick, you go first. Los Angeles. Nick. Or, I mean, Mac, you go second. I love the L.A. thing. Ah, God, come back to me. Come back to me. I got to go third. So, I know the Rangers is the is obviously the big one. He's and got you can make so many, like, comparisons, like the college coach. And you mentioned the thing earlier on about the agent. It's just – That was yeah. going to be my gut, but I panicked and I didn't want to say it. Right. I think we're all thinking it. And um, uh, Wyshynski put out a great tweet today. And he said, obviously, L.A. and New York probably have the most to give up just because of their prospect pools, the draft picks they've gotten. They, they have the most that they can offer. But you just fucking watch, and you guys are not going to like me saying this. You watch Vegas weasel their way in there and somehow make a run at it because they're in on every star player oh, conversation. He also, would... said, he also said, watch Shakik pull something out of his ass. That, I think, is more likely than Vegas going to get him because I... – yeah. What, first of all, what Eichel would do to the Rangers as a franchise is put a giant hole in their ship and just sink it. And I think he would put an even bigger hole in Vegas to sink them. 
Why do you think that? Just because of the cap? The amount of, well, I mean, think about who the Rangers have. They've got Lafreniere, they've got Kako, and now you're bringing in Jack Eichel and And all those guys. Yeah, you can't re-sign those guys in a year or two when they they have Zibanejad and Panarin and and Buchnevich and Adam Fox and all those guys are going to need to get theirs at some point. Suddenly all those guys would need to get shipped out somewhere. Right, it's not going to happen. And I feel like you'd have to move at least three of them. Here's a random one. What about the Flames? Like what if don't hate that at all find a way to like shed Johnny hockey and like they, and Matt Kachuk right and for Jack and just, yeah I don't know they could they could make it work that would be a, a a good destination and a good fit but selfishly I'm tired of me not being able to watch McDavid West Coast Canada time and I don't want the same thing to happen with Jack so I'd like them to be you know in the in the middle of the country. But yeah, I think the Rangers are overwhelming favorites. They, they have a lot to give up. I think there are some listeners of the program who might think that they have to give up a lot less than they actually will have to because everybody's going to be in a, well. Yeah, everybody's going to be in a bidding war for this. What we're talking with giving up with this player, just so everyone's on the same page, is probably multiple first round draft picks and then a blue chip stud of your own. Yeah, yes. you know, maybe uh, just spitballing here. Maybe like a first round, a second round, Jacob Vrana and Richard Panic. Oh, wait, yeah. that was already <laughs> – oh, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> you know, one other team, and I don't want to get into this too much. I do find it interesting that the Panthers have Barkov and Huberdo on excellent contracts. They're both like sub-7 million. They're still good for another two to three years. I would love – Love to see them get Eichel. That would be really cool for Florida. I'd be fired up about that, Loki. Yeah. Yeah. So the only thing that sucks is their goaltenders on one of the worst contracts in the NHL. Yeah. How many years does he have left? Uh, Bless you. Nice. (laughs) Uh, A lot. Probably like seven, eight, six, something like that. It's it's a big ticket for sure. So Nick, you got LA. Mac, you say New York, but without Calgary. Fuck it, Calgary. I think. I'm not going to say Vegas because I, I think there's too many problems. I'll, I'll probably just say the, the Rangers and suffocate myself. But, yeah. Okay. That's the worst thing that could happen is for him to go to the Rangers. And uh, not just for us, for Rangers fans as just well. Just in I general. Hope, I hope they understand bad. what would happen to their team. Yeah. yeah. You know, those two goalies you have, one of them's gone. You know, those yeah. – they lose that defenseman that's so obviously better than John Carlson and every <laughs> right. other defenseman in the league. Oh, right. my. I will <laughs> say, again? Adam yeah. Fox had a really good season. He did. A, re- a really good season. No, he did. He really did. Yeah. I'm just I'm just I mean, he, he, the I do, when we wrap up, I do have an Adam Fox bullet point before we're, we're done, uh, but I want to save that for the very end. Uh, let's knock out some injuries, which are solely going to pertain to the hometown fans listening to this podcast. So basically the entire Caps first power play unit is hurt, as you probably know from watching the games. Nick Backstrom will play tonight. That is the 11th against the Bruins for the Caps final regular season game of the year. Carlson and Oshi both will not. They're held out with lower body injuries. Ovi's a game time decision. Kuzi and Sammy remain out due to COVID protocols. Again, uh, insanely frustrating if you ask me. Uh, Vitek Vanacek did not practice this morning, but is expected to start tonight. The other two goalies on the ice during the practice were Craig Anderson and your boy, Zach Fucali. So I would love to see Zach get in there tonight, as I think we all would, but I think Vanacek is probably going to be the one between the pipes tonight. I'm going to make a, a speculation here as far as all those injuries go. 
and this is based on simply my understanding of what these injuries might be and when they occurred and how serious I feel like they are, which is absolute dog shit because I don't know anything. But uh, I would expect Ovechkin, Backstrom, and Carlson all to be ready to go for game one. I have no idea about Oshie. I feel like that one is a total coin flip just because it was much more recent and it kind of looked bad to me. Um, Kuzi and Samsonov. I mean, that's just a that's just an absolute question mark. Just because these COVID protocol things, you could be there for a day, you could be there for a month. Like you literally just don't know what the deal is with that. But the fact that they've been on the COVID protocol list for like a week now, almost is not a good sign. So I would say expect to see eight, nineteen, and seventy four in the lineup. Probably not seventy-four or seventy-seven, and probably not ninety-two or thirty for game one on Saturday. Yeah, I agree. Uh, some suspensions to get to. Uh, Harry, I don't think you like Shane Gostisbehere based on the this note that you put in here, but he's got a two-game suspension for his dirty hit on Friedman. Why don't you, Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Just a bullshit play, a gutless play, a stupid play. People want to throw arms about Wilson. I had every Caps fan send this to me in a DM saying, am I wrong to think that this is dirtier than Wilson's? I was like, no, you're not wrong, because this was a a gutless piece of shit move. I tweeted from my personal account, the fucking player's safety department, and they listened to me. So thank you. That's at least a two-game sussy. It's a selfish move, too. It's just just stupid. It's bad sportsmanship. And the game was over. So fuck you, Shingasa Spirit. Don't ever come on our show. Thanks. Uh, wow, well said. Uh, as we mentioned, Pavel Buchnevich was suspended one game for literally trying to remove the bottom layer of teeth from Anthony Mantha's mouth. I thought that was well warranted one game. I think that's completely fine right there. Way for- worse than anything that happened with the Wilson drama to spark the entire... Yeah, and honestly, I that's the like overwhelming reception I saw online was that was blatantly much more dangerous and deliberate than anything Tom Wilson did. But if his name is Tom Wilson, he gets arrested. Yeah. That's at That's at least five to 10. Uh, Pat Maroon was suspended one game for unsportsmanlike conduct against the Panthers. We spoke about that brawl earlier. Uh, if you don't live under a rock, just YouTube it. It's awesome. Go watch it. And Vancouver's Zach McEwen was suspended for kneeing Darnell nurse. The last thing the Canucks need with everything that's going on with them, but that's where they stand right now. And uh, the Canucks, they're going to wrap up the regular season by finishing off against the Flames, if I'm not mistaken. So just some riveting, just, you know, (laughs) heart-stopping, end-to-end action hockey right there from two of the most, what is the word I'm looking for, Uh, disappointing teams in the NHL this season. So There you go. uh, Yeah. Uh, Let's go ahead and speed through the gambling trends. But before we do that, I just want to remind everyone that these picks and this gambling segment is brought to you by the Maryland Mortgage Wiz. Are you planning on buying your first home this year? Get pre-approved and explore all your financing options with Dave Fritz, the Mortgage Wiz. Interest rates are at a historic low and down payment assistance programs are available. Stop running and put your money in a place that you can call home. Follow Dave on Instagram at Maryland underscore mortgage underscore whiz for more information. Dave is licensed in Maryland, Delaware, and Florida. Equal housing lender NMLS number 3094. So buy a house, 
have us over and we'll talk you through some hockey games while you feed us beer and snacks. It'll be great. That's what some, that's what I'm talking about. That's right. Amazing. Right. And he is licensed in Delaware and Florida. So make it a beach house and we'll even bring the beer. It's yeah. a win-win. <laughs> I'll meet you in Sarasota. Yeah. Seriously. You know, <laughs> Daytona beach. Why not? You know, Dave, get us a discount code. Come on. Yeah. Seriously. Uh, so gambling trends, what have you guys liked from this past week? Uh, I, you know what? I'm actually going to start us off. I'm a little bit ticked off at the Islanders. Uh, they ruined my sweep the board parlay that I texted to you guys last week when they blew it in overtime to the Sabres of all people. So I think the, I think the Bruins lost that night too, though, to the devils in overtime, yeah. if I'm not mistaken, but, it but was the Islanders really- ruined it first. No, so yeah. And, and yeah. that was the main one that like really good. No, I'm, I'm with yeah. you. They didn't let you get your balls tickled even. They exactly. Come on. What the hell? Uh, I don't have a lot. I know I usually go off in this segment. It's just a, I can't really recommend anything for the rest of this week, just given the low volume of games. And now you really do have people sitting in, sitting out. So all I'm going to say is I believe the Oilers have two games left. I don't even really need to say this at this point, but McDavid two points. I'm still going to take it unless they sit him. I mean, obviously that's changes things, but if he's playing, he's, he's in my, uh, he's in my prop bet. Yeah, the only thing I would say is, you know, it's like Harry said, playoffs are coming. It's a different monster. You're not going to want to hear this if you're sitting there down 50 bucks right now trying to figure out how to get back to even. But it's kind of the right time to just kind of sit, watch, and wait right now, in my opinion, figure out kind of who you like for the playoffs. Um, Watch the first three games. because Exactly, yeah. yeah. If a team goes up two to nothing, there's a pretty strong chance, depending on the matchup, of course, but there's a pretty strong chance the other other team is not going to allow that to go to three to three to nothing. That's usually the way like NHL playoff series go. It's kind of the time of the year to know the trends and just kind of know what you're looking for with those playoff matchups. But yeah, like Nick said, watch the first couple games, figure out what's going on. I'm definitely tempted to be a homer and like hammer the caps for game one, of course, but I'm not going to do that. I actually think they're going to lose game one. Um, but I will never bet against the Caps. So I'm not going to bet the Bruins either. Uh, yeah, it's just just the time of year to, to watch what's going on. What do you got, Harry? Set a reminder on my phone on Sunday at 4 p.m. for today at 6 p.m. It is 6 p.m. right now. And just one thing that I forgot to mention at the start, um, I know this episode is going long, so I'm not going to kill this topic. When you are in warm-ups on men's league, whatever, and you're playing a team – that has colored laces. This is an opinion. If you guys wear colored laces, I'm sorry if I offend you. If you wear colored laces that aren't white, yellow, I'm not even going to throw black in there. I, I feel like black isn't good. You're going to net two goals in the first period if you know what you're doing. That's all I'm going to say. I, I I saw it in men's league. I've seen it in roller. Just I, I the red laces, like the the purple, the orange. I'm just not a fan. I feel like usually it's like a bender thing. I'm not I, a fan, know. and it's a big bender thing. I feel like you get a little bit more of a pass in roller. I don't know why. Roller, you do. Yeah, but you get like a little bit more of leniency. And I'll be the first one to admit it. Like you know, when Ovi was ripping out the yellow laces when he was younger, yellow's like, fine. Like I had the yellow laces. Yeah, yeah. And, and I used to get chirp form all the time too, but. Yellow and white's fine. I know that has nothing to do with what we just said, but the fact that I set a reminder on a Sunday to talk about this on the show, I felt like it needed to be brought up. So yeah. did it mid-skate tie. Thank you. 
Um, yeah, so I think that wraps it up with trends. I feel like, you know, Mac, to echo what you said, the, the things you kind of have to look for, like a great example of this is the Toronto Columbus series from last year. That was the series of like wild comebacks. Like uh, I had that live bet where Dubois scores the hat trick after the Leafs are up 3-0 and the Jackets end up winning it in overtime. Like you just kind of have to get the feel for each series, how it's going to go. Like if you go back, what is it, two, three years now to when the Blue Jackets and the Bolts played each other in the first round and the Jackets swept them. And it was like, okay, if a team goes up 2-0 in the series, they're not giving up the lead. And yeah, you just kind of have to feel it out and go with the flow and, you know, read into it a little bit more. But um, yeah, I, I completely agree with everything you said. So Harry, first and fourth liner, who you got? All righty. So for my first liner, I've got the cat, Alex Debrinkit. Uh He has seven goals in his last seven games. Uh, that's pretty damn good. Great prop vet. Uh, I think I had that on the Twitter account last night. He scored the first goal of the game, plus 150, easy money. So uh, I don't know if the Blackhawks have any games left, to be quite honest with you. But if they do, I think uh, betting to bring it to get a goal is, is pretty good right now. Probably my best draft of the fantasy draft was drafting. He, he's having a really good year. Isn't the uh, – they're in the central, right? Isn't the entire central done? Uh, they could be. I don't know. Okay. I think so. Yeah. I, I forget. Uh, all I know is on Friday when we record, we'll know everything we need to know. Uh, fourth liner, Kyle Paul Mary. You know, I, I think when this trade happened, I know I was uh, big on the Zajac part of this. I still think that I was kind of big on the Palmieri part too, but only two goals and two assists in 17 games so far with the Islanders. It's not panning out like they had imagined, but he does strike me as the type of guy who's going to turn it on in the playoffs. And Jordan Eberle haunts me in my sleep and Anthony Pavillier haunts me in my sleep. And we'll get into all of that on Friday with the special someone who will be joining us where I'm sure me and him will have a lovely discussion, but my fourth line is Kyle Palmieri. I'm not turning this into a preview. Two of the clutchest hockey players of all time, Jordan Eberle and Anthony Mm. Sorelli. If you don't believe me, go YouTube their names and just put OT goal at the end. And it's a list of like 20. Yeah. It's Memorial cup world junior game winning goals. You know, it's, it's just ridiculous. I'm not even gonna I'm gonna turn this in I'm not turning this into a Penn's Isles preview, so I'm done. Okay. Uh my first liner is gonna be, and this is a little bit of a softie, but Connor McDavid. Uh 33 goals, 69 nice assists for 102 points in just 54 games played. Not too bad. So he's you know cemented himself, I would say, as the most skilled player I've ever seen and currently in the NHL right now. Uh yeah, pretty easy there. Yeah. And then my fourth liner is going to be Patrick Line. He's got 24 points, 12 goals, 12 assists in 46 games played between the Jets and the uh, Blue Jackets. Obviously, the missing 10 in there is because he had to sit out games when he came over the border due to the quarantine. Uh, overall, not the season he was looking for. I don't think it was any, you know, it was the season that the Jets were looking for, or the Jackets were looking for. So hopefully he can bounce back next year. Seems like he apparently wants to stay in Columbus. So you know, kudos to him, but who knows? Yeah. And then I, uh, I had Jeff Carter. It's funny. Harry suggested this to me and I actually was already thinking it before he even said it, but uh, I saw a stat on TV the other night about like all the big moves in the uh, trade deadline and like who has, I think it had like Carter, Mantha, Hall, 
there was like two other guys. It might have been like Paul Marion, Zajac, or something like that. But um, I think they had uh, Sam Bennett on there too. Yeah, maybe. But anyway, Jeff Carter was like highlighted as being like well and above the mo- like the most productive player for a team to have just picked up at the deadline. And it's just yeah, it's like it's like Nick said earlier. It's typical Penguins fashion, just like picking somebody up while they're already in the middle of like a tear in the second half of the season, and then only further in that point. Um, this guy is dangerous. The Penguins are dangerous. I hate to admit it, but I'm afraid of this team, um, especially the way that they have played the Capitals recently. I would like at the beginning of the season, I, I felt like we we actually matched up okay with them, even though we were losing some of those games. I was like, you know what? Like, I feel like we're the better team, win or lose. But I don't know those last those most recent games and the way Jeff Carter and and even like Freddie Gaudreau and some of these other names that you haven't seen a lot. Uh, in the Penguins lineup through the earlier half of the season that are now starting to show up in the second half of the season. Penguins are a force to be reckoned with. Um, He's got nine goals in 14 games with Pittsburgh so far. Uh, He only had eight goals in 40 games with the Kings before that. So those stats pretty much say it all right there. And then my fourth liner here is Kuznetsov. I've had him as my fourth liner kind of for the whole season. I don't even need stats to back this one up. My argument here is just that look. This is a, you know, I put this in quotes, veteran, but he is. He's a veteran guy for the Capitals at this point. Um, I know he's on the younger side of our team just because we're so freaking old, but, uh, you know, he's been there. He's been there for a while. He knows better at this point than than to be, you know, screwing around. I obviously don't know this, the circumstances of the COVID protocol thing, but to have been on the COVID protocol list early in the season, and then you find yourself back on it late in the season, right before protocol. I mean, maybe this is me jumping the gun, but I feel like I like, I feel like I can blame him for this. You know, like, I, I feel like this is something that, that he could avoid. And I think I'm wrong. I think you have to blame him for this because the first violation of the COVID protocol was like them hanging out in a hotel room, which, okay. Like you blatantly, knew what you were not supposed to be doing and then you did it anyways like why do i get the feeling that that him and samsonov are just like like blowing off the team and like doing coke and some like probably (laughs) don't give a fuck you know like i just i i don't get the feeling that this guy is well it's like you blatantly like messed up once knowing what you were doing was wrong let's be real you blatantly mess up knowing what you're doing is wrong then you have like very average at best mediocre to average at best season and then you just you're like oh yeah playoffs in a week you know what i i'm gonna like whatever i'm just and it's it's sort of been that very mediocre to average season ever since they won the cup so yeah Yeah, exactly don't get the feeling that he cares i hate to say it but he's reminding me more and more of like a Alexander Semen, Victor Kozlov, those the, like that type of Russian player that just is disinterested in like the U.S. commitment of the NHL and like the way that the NHL is so like 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 rules and stuff like I, like and and maybe I'm talking to my ass. Maybe I don't know. Oh, no, it's just it's just it's a behavior not, thing at this point. Like clearly, the attitude isn't matching the rest of the the team. Yeah, and I think if you're if you're one of the guys like Ovi or Carlson, you know, you who have gotta been there and you got to um, the beginning, get him going. Like, you got to do something. Yeah. You, you've got to be pretty pissed in. off because like, you know, 
he's a world-class talent and, and he, he skates and he handles the puck like none other, but if he doesn't care, then it doesn't matter. It's one of those classic cases of like when he's on best player on the ice. Yeah. Yeah. And, he can and it was this difference in a hockey game. If he right. wants to Alex Simmons was the perfect comparison for that because exactly. hands down to this day, the best snapshot I've ever seen. He can rip it and put it into not no talk one about a teacup. Talk about a shot glass. Like you yeah. can put that thing into a shot glass, but, but no, he just doesn't yeah. give a fuck. So. That was like a little therapy session for you all. Yeah. 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 No, I completely agree. Isn't this Sammy's second time on this COVID protocol list now? Yeah. That too. And I feel, I mean, Sammy's young, so you can kind of give him the pass, but like, not really. There's no excuse for Kuzi. And I feel like, well, that's the other thing. I feel like Sammy and Kuzi are like, I know they're good buddies and everything, but like, I, I feel like, like Kuznetsov's acting like he's Samsonov's age. You know what I mean? They're like, oh, we're both like 20, 23 year olds that are just, well, actually, Samsonov, I think, is like 25 or something. They're like, uh, they're like anyway. 2006 Ovi and Seba just running through DC. Well, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> they're just running amok in the city. And it's like, bro, you guys have playoffs in like a week, not even at this point. So, like, can you please yeah. get it four days? <laughs> just get yeah. it together. No, I completely agree. Uh, let's go ahead and jump into the market report. I'll get us started. My up team, you're not hearing this wrong, is going to be the Pittsburgh Penguins. They Fucking finished go, with another, so typical, monster second half of their season after everyone was crying about, oh, no, we're hurt, and oh, I don't know if this team can do well, and everyone freaks out after they lose their opening <laughs> game of the season and you know cries about it, and lo and behold – like everyone else knew they were going to come back and win the damn division. So yeah, of course they do. Uh, just that blog so, is still sitting there. It is still sitting there. So it's proof. So go look at what I just said, because you know, I'm not wrong. Uh, they won the slug fest. That was the East race. They were eight, two and zero in their last 10. They are done for the year. Uh, and I just think they had an unbelievable second half of the season. Uh, they were like, you know, third, fourth inside the picture, outside the picture for a while, and then just stormed their way to the top. And Mac, I have to agree with you. You said, you know, this team scares me. I don't want anything to do with this team. hundred percent agree. Don't want anything to do with them. Just that's why I was hoping me. they would get yeah. Boston and the two of them would just tear the hell out of each other while we take the walk in the park Islanders. But yeah. you know what? Ooh. best Ooh. case scenario. Maybe the Penguins will sweep the aisles and they'll be sitting around while we have like Loki, one of the best teams in the playoffs to face. Maybe somehow we beat them and then we walk the Penguins. That's it's the a only lot way. of, yeah, there's a lot of things that have to happen. Yeah, in there, it's the but, only way uh, we can get through that all. But I guess, you know, it's better to take on the, the bull with the horns right away with the Bruins. So. I will say this just to give the Penguins some credit instead of me just making them my first liner and then chirping them the entire time or my up team and then chirping them the entire time is they had a lot of help from depth and yes, they did deal with some injuries this year, but they had a lot of depth guys step up to get this done, which is what you need when you're going to, you know, put together a team that's going to go on a deep playoff run. We've seen this before. So yeah. I read the goalies did their job. Their yes. goalies took care of business for the most part too. So I'm not going to turn this into me blowing the Penguins or a playoff preview, but what I will say is um, Rob Rossi, who has some hot takes and is a big homer, what he did publish is that this is the first time in the Crosby Malkin era where the 10, the 10 best Corsi rating games by a Penguins player, all 10 were not, not, or how do I phrase this? 
none of Crosby and Malkin for the first time in their era since playing were not in the top 10 in Corsi ratings in like the best Corsi game. They were mostly like Jared McCann, Brandon Tanev, you know, Brian Dumoulin, those guys. I mean, hey, that's what you need to win a championship. So I don't read into Corsi that much, but I know that's good. And I know that our uh, our depth has been really good this season, but I'm not taking the Islanders lightly. Yeah. Exactly. My down team is going to be the Winnipeg Jets. How the fuck did this team make the playoffs? <laughs> Hellebuck. Yeah. This is, so, I mean, aside from Hellebuck, this is such they a suck. bad hockey team. And yeah, I feel bad because there's a lot of good pieces in place here. Shifley, Wheeler, Dubois. I mean, Connor. Hellebuck played for the Caps so Same. badly. Um, Kyle Connor, even though he went to a bumfuck college, but like still, like, you know, this is just, this is a team that, the year the Caps won the Stanley Cup was the team I was most afraid of. Like when you get to that conference final point and you're looking at Vegas and Winnipeg on the other side or the Caps and the Bolts on, you know, the east side, I'm thinking they might have a chance against Vegas. They have no chance against the Jets. I thought if the Jets had won that series, that it was over, done with, Jets in five, pack it up. So uh i don't know how this team made the playoffs they're two and eight in their last 10 but somehow they did because it's that north division so yeah david owns that mcdavid owns every team but he owns that really owns the jets i think he had his second most amount of points against the jets this season so if they end up playing in the first round that's going to be uh not it's going to be one hell of a series though because i feel like the jets might be that team that somehow out of nowhere could crank it up wake up and clog up the oilers just certainly you know, possible frustrate the hell out of them so who knows mac you want to go next sure i'll go i have um i had the bruins as my up team i just feel like they're clicking really hard right now i mentioned this earlier um taylor hall is just a really good hockey player now because of course um yeah, that's all I'll say about it. Honestly, the Bruins are just clicking at the right time, and I'm honestly pretty scared to play them. Uh, down team, Islanders. I, I don't know what we can expect from this hockey team at this point. Um, they've showed glimpses of the team that we all think that, that they, they can be with you know playing a tight hockey game. I think last night they had a really slow start against the Bruins, uh, and then suddenly they, they turned on the Jets. They actually ended up having a great game against the Bees last night. Um, but yeah, they suddenly just found a way to, you know, at least make it competitive. And I'm just wondering if that's what we can expect in the playoffs or not. I think that they've definitely had a disappointing final two to three weeks of the season to say the least. Um, I'm sure Barry Trotz is not happy with the way that they finished the season because they had a chance to even win the division for a second there. Um, and they end up finishing fourth. So It'll be interesting. I, I really could see them getting swept by the pens. I could see them finding a way to win it in seven or something. You just, I don't know what to expect from this New York Islander hockey team. That's the thing. I feel like you have to see how they come out against the Penguins because let's not forget those two have quite the playoff history between them. And yeah, I completely agree with you. If they come out guns a blazing and just somehow are able to clog up the Penguins and shut them down, like what they did to the Caps last year. Right. then yeah, they're just as dangerous. But if they get steamrolled or get behind 2-0 to the pens, I don't see them bouncing back from that well, one. Well, that's the thing. And they're a team that's built for the playoffs and they can easily steal a game one. And if they do that, hey, they're right in it and it could go six or seven or whatever. But like you said, if they lose game one, it could easily turn into a sweep before they even know what would happen to them. So it, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens there. And I, I don't, I honestly don't know what I'm going to pick yet for that series. 
Uh, for my up team, Florida Panthers, winners of six straight, dominated the Bolts in a good two-game series with a lot of a lot of emotion in there. They look like a team with some passion and hunger. I think that they're ready to make a big step. Uh, I love the Cats this season, so um, I will definitely be taking them in the first series, but I'll give you that whole analysis later. I know we rip on them, but – I think all three of us in a, are in agreement that we're going to be rooting for them in the first round of the playoffs. No, the Panthers. Yeah. 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 hundred yeah. I mean, we'll see, we'll see how they fare fuck against the, the, fuck uh, the bolts. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't want to say fuck the bolts. Cause like I do have family that's right. You know, down there. That's and stuff true. And, I know. Yeah. yeah. That's no, true. they don't, they, they don't take offense, but I kind of like, yeah, fuck the bolts. I'm tired. Well, of it's, just, be good. it's just, it's yeah. just, I never like to see teams go back to back and let this my own team, of course, but you know, you never want, like you're always rooting for somebody other than who just won. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's the only yeah. reason I say that really, but we'll see how they fare against a, a bolts team with Stammer and Kudrov. That kind of brings a different element, like Nick said earlier. And then my down team is going to be the Carolina hurricanes. I'm going to be honest with you guys. I haven't watched their past two games or watched the recaps. Maybe they sat starters since they clinched. I don't know. But I thought I they looked flat. Yeah, they've lost three in a row, two in a row to the Blackhawks. They've only scored two goals in their last three games. I don't care if you're you know, playing everybody or not. You don't want to go into the last three games of the season and basically get shut out twice and score one and score, you know, in one game. So I don't know. I, I'm sure they'll be fine. They're a very good team. Uh, they are going to be playing a very hot Nashville team who also just beat them. So I'm very curious to see how, see how that goes. We are going to have all the division or all the playoff previews on Friday. We should know all the matchups. We should hopefully have some dates that'll be coming to you Friday morning. Uh, Nick, do you have any quick fantasy updates for us? I do. So Curtin and I are in the finals right now. Uh, this apparently ends on, I think Curtin thought it was going to end on Sunday. Um, and he messaged me cause I'm at, I'm, I'm ahead right now. And he was like, congrats. And I messaged back and I was like, you know what? Good sport here. I don't think this is done yet. You know, I think we have until the 13th. He was like, Oh shit. I didn't realize that. So we have like, it's like two and a half weeks for the final round. So this will end on the 13th. It ends when the season ends. Basically. Yeah. So. But the interesting thing about that is a lot of players are done playing right now. Yeah. So the waiver wire has just been him and I dropping like star all, players all these for... star players That's left crazy. and right. And I'm, I'm scooping up like Tanner Pearson because he <laughs> yeah, plays the you Canucks know, the Canucks. Yeah. And then like Adam Lowry's got two games left. Let me get him. I'll drop Mika Zibanejad. I don't care. I'll take him. So it, yeah. it, it's, it's been funny to see, but it's been uh, an intense uh, championship round for sure. I think you're up now by about – 40 or so points, right? Last I think I like checked, 30 so. or so. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, looks, looks pretty good for you. I won't say congrats yet, but thank you to both thank of you. you just yeah. cause you know, you guys have both been absolute wagons this year in the league. So. Somehow I don't know how, but yeah, good stuff. Um, glad to see there's good sportsmanship too. Good job, Mr. Curtin. Good job, Mr. Manella. Love to see that. Uh, I'm going to say it again. I know I've said three times this episode. Next episode is Friday, twice a week. We're not committing to a specific days of the week yet. Play it by ear, see how things go. Schedule's don't really busy. miss the playoff preview. Yes, yeah. don't miss the playoff. I would add. That. I would advocate Friday. If I know a lot of you guys listen to the episode, it'll like, be quick. We promise. Yeah, Friday 9 a.m. It'll be up. 
Yes. I know a lot of you guys listen like three or four days after. I would listen to Friday's episode on Friday so you can get your series bets in by Saturday. Um, and what we're going to try to do, and no promises because you know how we are, but we're going to try to make the twice a week episodes shorter because there's not as much to talk about. And it's going to be a lot more like to the point. Just recapping the games, like, yeah. you know, because there's Same so many games going on. Game yeah, stuff, exactly. Yeah. And obviously we bullshit and we like to have a good time and that's always going to be there, but we'll be mostly recording in the mornings. It seems like, so keep that in mind. Um, and they're going to be short, sweet to the point for the first two rounds and we'll see where we go from there, but we're excited. Uh, Nick, I'll let you tease one other thing before we go. Yeah, we have some summer merch coming out soon that we're super excited about. We've all worked together on designing, um, you know, these looks and, you know, this gear to get you guys geared up for the summer. So thank you to everyone that has already ordered from the store. We're going to have a summer merch sale as soon as all that stuff is up. So keep your eyes open for that. And we can't thank you guys enough for the continued support. We wouldn't be able to do what we're doing without you guys. So keep it coming. Wouldn't have these microphones without these guys. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Reinvest in the business, baby. Right. Keeping the money moving. Yeah, exactly. Uh, do you want to say this is going to be a limited time offer and we're not restocking? So you yes, know, it's going to be this up is for, a one and done type deal. We're it's going to be up for I don't know. We'll decide the timeline, but we'll we'll blow up our social media when it all comes out. We think you guys will like the designs. Uh, you know, Nick did a Nick did a good job, and our boy Clay over at Wilson Print Shop also is helping us big time. So thank you very much. Uh, any final notes? Nope. All good. Y'all good. All right. We'll be back with you guys on Friday morning, bright and early. We're going to bring the energy. It's going to be a great weekend of hockey. And without further ado, class dismissed. <laughs>